What's up, guys? You're listening to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle and Sarah, and this is episode 64 with Steel Smiley, the CEO of Steel Brands, which includes Stalk and Spade and Crisp and Green. Check it out. But you can't ever doubt passion. And you can't, right. you know, you either love it and you're in it and you're all in and you feel it and you're going to make it special or you're not. And, and, and the reality of it is, is that I think at Crisp and Green, what people find very authentic about it is that we love what we do. And You guys know how important I feel vibe is to your restaurant or your bar. It's everything. And just to give you an example, have you ever noticed how the energy of of your restaurant or your bar totally changes when there's something on your TV that's not engaging like sports? I have a solution for you. Atmosphere TV is the first and only TV product of their kind built specifically for use in your restaurant. You may recognize their flagship channel, Chive TV, in addition to 40-plus other amazing high-definition content channels, including Red Bull TV, X Games TV, Beach Bum TV, America's Funniest Home Videos, and much, much more. Built and proven to keep your guests sitting, eating, drinking, and of course, spending more money. The best part is Atmosphere remains 100% free for listeners of this podcast. Just use the code KYLE at checkout to have your setup fee waived and receive your device today. That's atmosphere.tv and use the code KYLE, K-Y-L-E, to receive your free device today. All right. Welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Today, I have Steel Smiley. The CEO of Steel Brands, which owns Crisp and Green and Stalk and Spade out in Minnesota, and expanding. Welcome. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So when I'm when I'm looking for guests for the show, I'm always looking for some unique angle. And I have to tell you, the the digital presence and being ready for what we just all experienced, what we're still kind of experiencing, really stood out to me. Tell me how you guys got your brands to that point. And what you saw, like how 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 are you there before everybody else? Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And you know, we've been asked this question a lot, and, and the answer is is that I firmly believe that technology is the epicenter of our industry. And I what I didn't realize was that it would be the forefront of what we would all need to be successful during this crazy time. You know, we were probably three or four years early in, in my mind and in, in, in putting the kind of money I put into into technology. Um and I realized that opportunity uh, or that investment I had made, um, you know, absolutely uh, was paramount to our success and 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 growing during the pandemic. But you know, I I will tell you that even your best laid plans sometimes, uh, you know, you you tend to get lucky. And and I had a hunch that we would be there, and I invested early, and and it, you know, it, it helped our brands win. So you said three or four years before. So was it like three or four years before now, or three or three or four years before you launched? You know, when we when I started Crispin Green back uh, in 2016 and 17, I, I really believe that we had to have a business that was completely digitally oriented from the very first day. I, I knew that that's the way the customers would want our product. And mm -hmm. you know, the reality of it is, is people didn't care. You know, we, we right. had spent all this money. I put all this time. I put staff on, on board. On I built a technology team, which is kind of crazy for a one unit business. Um, you know, believing one day that the customers would ultimately use their device to order just like they do anything else. Everything else, and right. The reality of it is in the restaurant business, it was so much more archaic than I had considered. I mean, people still literally, they walk <laughs> through the line, 
you know, they ordered that yeah. way and we couldn't get any adoption. In fact, my adoption on my technology was, was just under 10% um, for almost through the pandemic time. And then when we hit pandemic, it jumped from 10% to 90%. So, wow. you know, what we realized was the pandemic, while terrible for all the reasons we're aware of, was an absolutely paramount reason for people to adopt technology across all age spectrums. People said, I want this. It's okay for me to deliver my food this way. Um, and, and it just educated the consumer for, for us and, and money that you know a brand like ours could not have spent. It was millions and millions and millions of dollars of free advertising for us. And the brands that had the technology in place were largely very successful. And those that don't, right. of course, didn't fare as well. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting about that is <clears throat> as an owner operator, I we were being inundated with so much tech right before this pandemic. And I don't know about you, but I always felt like, I, you know, I'm not ready for QR codes. I don't know about this, you know, build my own app thing. It seems like a little much. And then it was just like, boom. And I mean, wow. to have that in place. So you found that your customers of all ages were pretty, they were pretty ready to adopt this new way of ordering from you. Well, you know, to some degree they had to because you didn't yeah. have the opportunity to walk into any one of our restaurants across the country. You had mm -hmm. to use a, a technology tool to get your food. And so, mm -hmm. you know, by sheer force, it, it required people to make that change. And, you know, I, I had spent, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to educate a customer in addition to the money I spent on a technology saying, right. look, this is what you should do. And people said, no, yeah. we're not interested. No, and, I want to go uh, talk to somebody. Yeah. No, exactly. And the reality of it was we we believed that that was the pivotal point. And, you know, fortunately, again, those of us that were prepared, um, whether we were lucky or not, or we had a hunch or not, I mean, obviously deeply benefited by it. But there were national brands that did not have this technology in place that just got crushed. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's an unfair um, circumstance, but it, it is what it is. And, and we feel very lucky that we were prepared for it. That's awesome. And along with that, I mean, your cuisine was also very well positioned for what was going on, right? Like, I mean, people now were like, you know, better start eating healthier. I mean, we, we were obviously on that trend, but I mean, talk about that. I mean, the, the two concepts themselves are very forward thinking aside from the digital piece. What was your thought process in opening the, what were your inspiration rather for opening the, these two concepts? You know, I, I worked in the fitness business. I, I was not a restaurateur. And, and you know, mm -hmm. it's funny because I got so much you know, uh, uh, so much bad energy from people saying you want to be in the restaurant business. And I had never been in the restaurant business. Yeah. I went to people that I deeply respect and they said, Steele, this is not for you. Yeah. You, know, you have is, a nice life. Uh, Don't do this. this. Is, yeah. right. This is not the lifestyle choice I think you're seeking. And I said, no, no, no. I really believe. I believe we can do it. But I believe yeah. in a different way of doing business. Right. And sometimes I think your most disruptive personalities come from other ways of thinking. And, yeah. you know, I didn't know that technology wasn't something we should have in the business. I didn't realize that, you know, some of the things that we did that just were were, were maybe smart decisions today, we, we started the business that way. And so what I realized is, is that for me, healthy eating was a part of what I did for almost 15, 16 years. You know, I, I started out as an entrepreneur with $760 in my bank account. You know, I built a, you know, a, 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 a chain of studios. I was, I was lucky enough to sell to private equity um, in 2013, and um, and then eventually worked with a with that firm, and, and we did a roll up. We bought other fitness companies, we put them together, we became one big super conglomerate, which you see now in the restaurant business, but it was new at the time in the fitness business. And so by the time I left and retired in March of 17, we had almost uh, almost 2,500 stores and and in 25 countries. We were the largest wellness franchisor in the world, and and I was done. I was done in March of 17, and I realized that. Um, 
you know, I couldn't be in fitness because I had, you know, I was non-competed yeah. out of the business that I knew yeah, and right, loved. Right. And I said, what's the closest thing to that? You know, I, I figured out, I want to teach people how to make good, healthy choices. And then I realized that, you know, even a, even a guy that spends entire life in fitness, I, 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 I had to go to the local grocery store. I had to pick out a case, something that was healthy. I had to go to, you know, any of the fast casuals today and kind of select and Tweaking, screw up yeah. the order. And, you know, and, and I realized that, look, this, this is all wrong. And at the time, you know, there were less than 200 healthy, kind of healthy versions of what we're doing in, in the United States. And I just said, this is, this makes no sense. I tried to buy a company and, and looked at that opportunity said, look, you know, maybe I'll acquire something and, you know, I'll, I'll grow it. And then I realized that, you know, I'm just better off building it from the, from, from scratch. And so that's what I did. And, and as we sit here today, you know, we're, we're roughly 60, 65 stores or so uh, built or in development in, in eight states. Um, I'll build more restaurants here over the next 12 to 14 months than any national uh, player in the country. And, um, you know, I'm excited to be in that position. But I, I think the hunch and the bet on fitness, the bet on technology, the bet on healthy eating, um, the bet on to go, all those things, you know, played into that. And, and certainly we're seeing the benefits, the benefits of it now. That's awesome. So I, as somebody who's active in the market, the national restaurant market, how are you guys – what, what what's your experience now? I mean, are these both franchises correct? You know, they're they're both franchise systems. Right. That's what I know best, and so you know, I, I believe that it, it's it's a great way to grow, but but it's not easy just to say we're going to be a franchise system. Right? You know, no, it's um, terribly intricate, and it takes an incredible amount of capital and and expertise to do it. It just so happens to to be what I know best. I mean, I. You know, I had over a thousand stores in my last brand in just under four years. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know it, I know what to do. Um, I know how to put it together. So for me, it, it just made sense. And, um, you know, I built Crispin Green as a franchise system, but we did not have the success early that we thought we'd have. You know, mm -hmm. it, it really was pandemic driven and people's desire mm -hmm. to make healthier choices after going through such a horrific event. And, you know, for, for maybe the wrong reason, People mm -hmm. decide to, to make healthy choices, but whatever it is, we're we're deeply grateful that we have the opportunity to serve that guest, you know, every single day. Now, I mean, that's you know the the Crispin Green concept. I mean, I feel like as a franchise, you know, as a as a fitness guy who you know started this, like you're saying, from from one store, it's it's difficult to hand that off to anybody who has the money to put up the store, right? I mean, talk about that vetting out process of, of somebody who would be a good franchisee for you. What That's that's a lot of work, I love, right? I love this question. No one ever asks this question. The reality of it is it, it, it's one part hunch, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I did this, you know, for, for the majority of my career. And so I, I have a good way of, a, of, of feeling out who is going to be a good partner and, and who is not. And some of it is just learning. I mean, you, you need to know kind of who you think is going to be in the trenches with you because ultimately – you know, I have to turn over what I've created to someone else and say, hey, you know, make this work. Um, but we've chosen to do it very different. You know, we provide much more support than anyone in our industry has ever done before. You know, we, we make and look this business uh, looks and feels more like a, a corporate chain than it does a franchise chain. So mm -hmm. we have, you know, really big controls over all the marketing aspects and everything that that, that happens. But ultimately, you know, I pick partners that I want to have a phone call with. Yeah. And that sounds crazy, but at the end of the day, you know, look, I, I, I want people that I know when my phone rings and their name comes up, I feel good about that. And, yeah. and I know they're going to have my best interests at heart and I'm going to you know, work for them. And what people don't realize in franchising, which is hard for people in the restaurant business and, and any industry that franchises, I'm not, you know, I may own the brand rights and, and we may be the franchisor, but the reality of it is 
myself and every member of my team is here for only one reason, and that is to make the franchisees successful. And right. so you had this idea that, yeah, maybe your life changes if you're successful as a franchisor and you know maybe things are a little bit easier, but the reality of it is that's when it's time to double down and make sure that that partner is crazy successful because if they're successful, if their team members are happy, if our team members are happy, I'm going to be just fine. And so you kind of have to look at it from a different angle. And I think that that's sometimes hard for people to do. We're, we're in the service business. And yeah, right. you know, my, my customer is my partner. And my customer is ultimately the customer that comes in through the line every day uh, or orders on the app. So we have a lot of customers and we want to make sure they're happy every single day. Yeah, and that's what, what's, and I love that you said that because that relationship is often kind of strained or misunderstood, right? Like who's there for who? But, you know, to your point, if, if you've, been successful in creating this franchise. Well, now you have the time, right? Like, so are you, are you hands-on? Are you going to these locations? I know you said you're vetting out these franchisees. How much time do you spend kind of like massaging that relationship, checking on the stores, or do you have a team that does that? What, what does that look like? You know, we're very fortunate today to have an entire team and we, we've got, um, you know, uh, our, our main offices in Minneapolis, we've got satellite offices across the country. Um, and, and, and we've got teams today that are, are responsible for all of the performance within you know, our, our system and our franchise partners. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is I am very hands-on. I meet with every yeah. single partner. I, I call every partner. I'm their first call, um, you know, which I, I don't know of a CEO of a brand that's at the size of ours that actually does that. But I, I make a lot of those calls because I want to meet everyone. I want to make sure that I'm looking across from them. I have dinner with them when, when we start. And um, I want to get my expectations set. And it's not just of what they expect uh, uh, of what I expect from them. It's actually the opposite. I want to know what their expectations are for me and my team. I mean, and, right. and I, I make it very clear, look, I'm in business for you, you know, so, and, and you yeah. want me on your team, you know? So the, the yeah. reality of it is, is that, you know, we're, we are a team, we're a partnership and I'm not going to let you fail. We're going to be a you know great team together. And, you know, it's worked very well. And we've been, you know, I, I, I've been told the fastest growing franchise system in the country. And, um, you know, we're incredibly excited about that, but, but we do it for the right reasons. And, and maybe that's the answer, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can tell from your energy that you, that that's what you, you're not in it just sitting back collecting fees, right? I mean, you're hands on, you have a passion for this and I, I can just, you know, when I look at these storefronts and I, I'm on your website, I look at the storefronts, they're also unique and different and they just, they, they have a feel like you said of a corporate owned star, store where they all feel like, you know, the one in St. Paul, Minnesota feels like that's their store. Right. And, right. The, and the one, you know, Maple Grove feels like that's their store. And I think that's a big part of a franchise because I live uh, just north of New York City. And the one, the, the franchise that come in here and just slap stuff up, you can feel it. it you know what I mean? Like, no. It doesn't work. There, there's no, one that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Well, there's one that, that we all know. They have, let's just say, a meat green. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they just opened up here, a sweet green, opened up here in Greenwich, Connecticut. And they've just, it's not, it's not sticking. You know what I mean? It looks like a franchise. You're on a street that's, you know, got Gucci, Hermes, all this stuff, and it just doesn't fit. But what I love about your stores is they look like they fit the neighborhood. They look like that's the store. And I think that's a, a really big key, probably in, in my mind to, to, to your success. Well, look, I, I appreciate that. And I, I certainly have respect for everyone that's in this business, because I think to some degree, we are all telling that message and giving people opportunities to make healthier choices. Right. But you can't ever doubt passion and you can't, right. you know, you either love it and you're in it and you're all in and you feel it and you're going to make it special or you're not. And, and, and the reality of it is, is that I think at Crispin Green, what people find 
very authentic about it is that we love what we do. And, and I'm not doing this for any other reason than I love to do it. I mean, that's right. why I do it. And so I want every neighborhood to have their special experience. I want them to have their fitness experience. I want them to have a storefront that looks great. I want them to have it designed specifically for them. I mean, you know, people say franchising and they expect this cookie cutter kind of model. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just doesn't work. And, you know, no. you, you have to love it and you have to be in it for the right reasons. And, and I think it shows. I think it tells and, and, and shows with brands. And I think with Crispin Green, everyone knows that, you know, we're, we're here for the long haul. And, um, you know, we, we, we believe, um, you know, that we're a formidable competitor and, and we're, we're excited to be in the markets, but we're honored to be there, too. You know, so it's yeah, it's there's a humbleism that uh, if that's a word that that is that is in play with what we are. We're just lucky to teach people how to make good choices. That's why we're here. Yeah, and I tell you, your passion is inspiring for for a franchisor. You know, a lot of times these guys are a little bit a little bit different, right? So, I mean, I can tell you have a passion for this stuff. I'm 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 curious as you know as we've gone through this whole uh, this whole pandemic and and changes to the industry. And, uh, you know, we can go on for hours about that. I I personally think that whether for franchisees or independent restaurants, co tenancy is going to be really important. Do you guys have a particular like, what do you look for for co-tenancy or demographic? Is it anything specific or is it market to market? You know, it really is market to market. But I, but I will tell you, I love the way you say co-tenancy. Most people don't ever bring that up. And the reality of it is you want to be surrounded with other people in your ecosystem that also fit with that ethos that you're trying to put out there. And, and I think typically franchise systems tend to find whatever's available in whatever market. I mean, mm -hmm. we are actually holding up our development because we want to find the right stores in the right places versus holding people to a schedule and saying, look, you have to open, you got to find something because I want my operators to be successful. I want them to win. And, and I want them to be in places where if you're from that community, you say, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's not some guy in a corporate office in, in Minnesota said, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're picking some random place in, in, you know, in Scottsdale. Yeah. You know, we're, we're doing this for all the right reasons. And, um, you know, I, I, I truly believe that uh, finding the right real estate and, and, and co-tenancy is important to your success. And for us, it's, you know, it's wellness, it's mm -hmm. boutique, it, it's neighborhoods, it's, it, it's things like this. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, you know, that I think it's important because people are going to be looking for these like lifestyle centers or lifestyle brands to like, they want to go out and experience things. They want to go to Lululemon. They want to go work out at Barry's Boot Camp or Soul Cycle. And then they want to stop at Crispin Green, you know, then pick up the kids from school. I mean, is that the kind of dynamic that you guys look for? I mean, do you buy, buy into that lifestyle sort of centers or do you guys look to be in those in, in any particular market one way or the other? You know, we, we ultimately want to be around people that have those same similar values. And, okay. and, you know, I, spent, you know, spending my entire world in, in fitness. I mean, it really is about a community and, and that's how you build a great fitness brand is through that community. And ultimately we, we believe restaurants are built the same way. Um, it is very difficult to do when you're just cut cookie cutter. I'm throwing them out all over the yeah. country. I mean, you, you, you have to have a local connection to that community. It has yeah. to be authentic for that community. And, and yeah. if it's not, it, it, you know, it shows. Um, and just because you're a successful player today does not mean you're a successful player tomorrow, us included. Oh, no. And, and yeah. we, we are aware of that. I mean, look at how the world just shifted over the past year. I mean, it basically told us nothing is guaranteed. And so right. we wake up every day with the same hunger that we did today, that we did yesterday, that we're going to do tomorrow. And it's about making the right choices for the guest. And I think no matter where we're located, you got to make sure that that guest experience every single day is phenomenal. That's got to be the number one thing on that, on your mind. Um, how, so how, I mean, that's, that's a big, that's a big lift, right? I mean, especially when you go into markets all across the country, um, you know, you're in Minnesota, Texas, South Dakota, North Dakota, Florida, Arizona, Nebraska, Iowa. How much, I mean, 
how much effort, how much time goes into that training? I mean, the guest experience is so important. Is that like their top priority? I mean, that that's a big, aside from having the money as a franchisee, having the passion for the concept, the training and leading by example, that's a big piece. How do you guys handle that? You know, I, I tell you, if your guest, and, and, and it goes actually further than the guest, if your teammates in the stores are not in love with what they do, right. then it's going to show. And the reality of it is, is that I believe, you know, especially pre-pandemic um, and probably now more than ever, you know, companies are too focused on their own bottom line. They're focused on how do I make the EBITDA margins work? How do I make my unit level right. economics work? And, and I, I believe the future is actually not looking specifically at how the business performs. It's looking at how your teammates are treated and, and how those frontline people who are you're making or breaking your service every day, mm-hmm. how they, if they love the brand or if they don't, do, are they passionate, are they connected? And, and that is increasingly difficult to do when you've got stores all across the country, but we spend a lot of time focused on that. And you know, I want them to be empowered to make the right decision for the guest and ultimately, I look at Crispin Green, you know, in a dream world, a lot like Disney. Um, you know, I, I want people to feel an experience when they walk into the store. I want them to say, man, I don't know what it is about this place. I just feel different. I feel like the people want to be here. I feel like the energy is good. Yep. I, I believe in energy. You know, yeah, I, I believe you feel it when you meet someone and when you see someone or you feel an environment. You know if this is a place that's authentic and it's not. And, and unfortunately, we have too many players in this industry across the country that have a feeling that is just dead. You know, right. it, it, it's oh, yeah. stuck there or it's put there or, it, you know, it doesn't make it magical to make no. it magical. you got to have the energy and the love and it, it, it you can feel it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I was a big believer in that, that, you know, I personally like to go out to a place. We were just in Miami. I want to go to a place that has an energy. I want to a place that has a vibe. I'm, I can go to little Havana and get a great coffee, get a great Cuban sandwich. That's also a vibe. But each one is so different. But that experience that like uh, you talked before about expectations, I expect to go there and have the good music, the smiley face from the hostess. Just an Absolutely. Old- so, I mean, that that part is is tricky to kind of to pull together. And it sounds like you guys are, are making that top priority, which I love to hear because I think that's going to be even more important as people like are just dying to go out now. They just want to be with each other. They want to go to these places that have a vibe and an energy. And it's the single most uh, going to be the single most important thing for our industry to understand over the next three or four years, because the reality of it is, is the way that all these programs were set up at the pandemic. I mean, our industry, the people that would normally help support us, our team members are are as incented to stay home as they are to work inside of our stores. Yeah, and and right. the reality of it is we are all in shortage land. So the only way to win is to make your environment be better than everybody else. And, yeah. and it's not just for crisp and green or for steels companies. It's for any restaurant tour. And the reality yeah. is, Let's let's combine together and make this an industry where people want to be a part of it. You know, right. not they have to be a part of it or it's their last job. I want people to love to be in this business, and so that's on us to create paths of opportunity for our 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 team members to be successful. And that's what every restaurateur should be thinking about today. Yeah, I mean, I always I always say you want to feel what a, what a place is like without a vibe. Turn the music off. Yeah. Can you guys still yeah. provide an experience without the music? And can you does your hostess have a personality? Is the waiter actually or the person on the other side of the counter? Are they actually engaged in what you want? Oh, you said you didn't like spicy. You might not like that. They don't just, you know, push you through an order just to get you to pay yeah. for a check. That that's such a big, a big piece. I, I I couldn't agree more. And I think our industry is in general could do more 
uh, to focus in on that and make that better for everybody. Because, you know, we, we have a social recession. People yeah. want to be out. They want to be in, in these places. And it's our job to say, welcome back. We're here for you. You know, welcome and, and give them what yeah. they want. So aside from before we get into what I'm just looking at, I love the branding for Stalk and Spade. But before we get into that, are there like what was your big takeaway from this? You had to pick your one big takeaway from this whole pandemic thing. Um, what, what would you put your finger on for that? Anyone's world could change at any moment. And, you know, we don't know what's coming around the bend. But what I was most concerned about going into the pandemic was the lack of of a community that our restaurateurs have. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that there is a somewhat of a competitive vibe, which we saw it in fitness too, but, yeah. but restaurateurs aren't exactly going to lend their hand and help their, their neighbor down the street. But the reality of it is, is as a fast casual player, we are not nearly as successful in our community without our full service players too. I mean, we want everyone to be there because you know, look, yeah. when, you, when you go to Miami, you want to have a nice dinner and, and go to places. If all the full service options are gone because fast casual is the only thing that makes it, that yeah. takes away your vibe, right? Right, right, right. And you, you may have that lunch option, but you still want that dinner option. And so you know, we as a community have to do better to help support and uplift each other. And I, I just don't think that that's something that we have done well as a restaurateur community, but I believe we got to do it better from, from here forward. And, and I... You know, I've, I've done a couple of these and, and people, you know, they hear me and they say, look, I mean, I'm always willing to give advice and, and help because the reality is that's what we're here to do. And, right. you know, we, we should not look at it like there's one dollar and we're all fighting for it. The reality of it is we're fighting for our industry at this point. Yeah, it's an uh, abundance mindset, together, right? Yeah, it's an abundance mindset. Like, I agree. I, I do think it got a tad bit better, like with this, you know, it, pandemic. it got a little bit better, but it's going to be interesting to see how once everything starts to head back to normal, does everybody fall back into where they were and kind of just stay in their rut or they still kind of have that mindset, but it'd be interesting for sure. You know, it's a lot better with half the players. I mean, cause to yeah. some degree, half our industry is, is now no longer here. So, you know, may, maybe that was it. I mean, it took yeah. the people that are still here to say, okay, look, I'm grateful. I feel, I feel like I'm passionate. I'm, I'm here. I'm lucky. How can right. I help you? You know? And right, right. I don't know. And then frankly, that's the reason why this show exists. Cause I feel like so many operators kind of are stuck in that rut. They are afraid to ask because it makes them look like they're incompetent, right? Like, hey, how do you guys do this? They feel inferior, you know, and they don't want to reach out or just, you know, they don't have the resources. They don't have the know-how. They just maybe know how to make a good product and they're not making money. So when guys like you can come on the show and, and talk about things that are really important, that's that's really what was the goal here. So I, I again, well, appreciate you. your insight. Um, you. So Stalk and Spade was actually brought to my attention by – um, my videographer, he's a Jamaican kid. Okay. He's plant-based. And he was like, Oh shit. This is like a fast food, you know, plant-based. Talk, talk to me about the stalking spade concept and where that came from. You know, I mean, this, this is a personal project for me. I mean, I I've been, I've eaten, I've eaten plant-based exclusively since, uh, January 1st, 2014. Uh, oh, wow. you know, the Mayo Clinic said, Steele, if you want to live a long life, you need to probably eat this way. I'll tell you, no one actually takes our advice. And I said, I will take your advice. I promise you, I will do it. And That's a pretty Oh, you know, but not, but not on that comment. They said, the guy specifically told me, he said, we probably tell this two or three times a day. No one listens. No one actually makes that change. And I said, well, you've met a guy who can pivot on a dime. I'm going to make that change. And, and I did. From, from that day, I'd never uh, had, had meet again. And, and, I, and I wanted to wow. build an opportunity for people to have a choice, not to force them to eat plant-based, but to give them an opportunity to have a plant-based option that tasted just like the original in the neighborhood that they live in. And yeah. 
I figured I'd start with one. I grow from there. And um, I mean, the reaction has been overwhelming. I mean, so much more overwhelming than anything I've ever done before. People are extremely passionate about this topic for many, uh, uh, you know, many reasons. But what yeah. I've learned is one thing. People want to make plant-based choices. They just don't know A, how, and B, there's not a lot of options. And so, right. um, you know, I'm going to fix that for them. You know, we're, we're going to make sure that, that there's uh, stores on every corner for them. And, um, you know, our, our, uh, our, our, our mission is clear. As long as there's a line and people, you know, have a demand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep building. Yeah, because his so uh, his name is G, and he said, you know, what kind of sucks for me is like he's a young kid, he's twenty four years old, yeah. and you know we're hanging out with my boys, and you know late night we want to go get something to eat, and I'm eating pasta and French fries because we're at some place and I can't I can't eat any of this stuff. So he's like, I'd love to be able to go to a place, and to be honest, half these guys, you know, with you know here in New York, there's a bunch of places that make plant based stuff, and he's like, I, they probably won't even know that it's not. So I would love to have more places like this. Why don't they exist? So then he when he found it. He was like over the moon excited. So it's it. really like a fast food, all plant-based kind of vibe, right? Like feels like a regular. Basically, it, 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 it is it is McDonald's, it is Dairy Queen combined, Chick-fil-A, the whole thing, everything plant-based. And here's the one big problem with plant-based that, that people forget about this is that, and this happened to me, Maybe. you know, with, with someone just, just this past week, we were sitting at a table and they ordered a, a plant-based burger. And I will tell you one out of two times, whatever shows up at that table is not really the plant-based burger because it's in a menu where there's a lot of other options and whoever right. makes that choice, you know, you may not even get the plant-based burger. And so I said, look, you know, and, and, and again, the, the detractor said, well, you need to have both and, you know, give people the option. I yeah. said, no, 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 no. Everything, whether it's the ice cream, whether it's, you know, the smiley shakes, whether it's, you know, the hamburgers, the chicken. Everything is going to be plant based, so that so no matter what, you can't make a mistake. You know, yeah. it's going to be there and be great for you every day. And um, you know, we we did tremendous testing with this brand, more than I've ever done in, in anything in in my history. I mean, we 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 had to get it right. You know, I know that you know with with, with me here, especially in Minnesota, people have very high expectations for yeah. what we're doing. And um, you know, I said I, I've told everyone. You know, and and then we got. You know, somewhat lucky because Forbes ran an article that said, "Meet the guy who wants to build the plant-based yeah. McDonald's." And I was like, "Oh, geez! I mean, here, here we go. Here we, we have high expectations <laughs> now." Yeah, yeah, no problem. And, uh, yeah, I, and I, we, we didn't plan that. I mean, that was just completely out of the blue. And so, awesome. you know, we've been hit up all over the country. And um, you know, uh, assuming that you know my my word is what it is, which I'll tell you right now, they they taste just like the real thing. And oh, uh, right. assuming people do that, I think it's going to be exciting times for this brand. I'm sorry. It's like the burgers look unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's crazy because I, I, you know, we work with a lot of uh, franchises and restaurants across the country and we run with a, um, a plant-based burger concept and they have a great location here in New York. And uh, they were like, Hey, you know, bring us a burger concept. And I was like, I got a great one. And I was like, it's plant-based. They're like, no, no, no. Too narrow. I was like, buddy, man, you're, you're, you're not skating to where the puck's going. You're not. You're going. You're looking. You're looking the wrong way. This. You're. You're. This is. This is where it's going. You know, small build out. What's. What's the risk? You got a great center here. Throw him in. Guy was adamant. It's like no. I'm going around. It's like I don't know. Mad. You're making the wrong decision, but. And that's okay. You know. I yeah. mean, the reality of it is, I. I think that that's the mindset that exists, and I. And I think it takes someone who. You know, for me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm doing this for the love of the community. Yeah. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it. You know, for people who just want to give it a shot. And and you know, I, I ultimately believe we always have to go you know, where the puck is going, but yeah. I think that that's hard. That's hard to do when we're in the midst of the challenge that we're in today. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm a, I'm a big believer in plant-based. I think it's the future. 
I think 10 years from today, you know, I, I think uh, over 50% of your uh, uh, people eating anywhere are going to be making choices that are plant-based and um, you know, it's going to replace traditional. I, I truly believe. So I'm excited yeah. about it and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make that bet. I mean, they always say like the, the riches are in the niches. Right. And I think this is one. And I don't think that it's, I, I don't think it's a one-off. I don't, I don't get that, that feeling and, you know, talking, you know, being close to people who eat this way, this is what they're feeding for. And a lot of people like, to your point, are hearing from doctors, they're being becoming more educated. You know, my wife and I, we did plant-based for like three months uh, last summer. Yeah. Felt great. And we didn't have any problem eating out. Didn't have any problem doing that, but would have been great to pull up to one of these spots to get that vibe. Oh, sure. But oh, sure. um, my my yeah, because that's what they miss, right? Like they feel like they're missing out on this like uh cultural experience. Like I don't get to go to drive-thrus, I don't get to do this stuff because I gotta eat plant-based. But this seems like it's gonna fix that, and that's really cool. You know, it's not, it's not like going to fix it. I think it's going to replace it. And and the reality of it is, is that, yeah, we're, we're for sure early and, and that's okay. Um, you know, I, I believe that we give people that opportunity to have that equal choice. And over time, I, I think they'll choose it. So, you know, we, we have to be there and, 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 and start one by one, but we're not trying to convince people to eat exclusively this way. We're just saying, make, make a choice. Try yeah, a couple right. nights a week, you know, and if it becomes your lifestyle, Hey, we, we feel excited about that, but you know, we're, we're not doing it in a forceful way. You know, we're, no. we're doing it in a gracious way. Just give us a shot. Try it a couple nights a week. And I think you're, I think you're going to enjoy it. Are you guys, um, I mentioned drive throughs Is that on your target list for, for this concept? It's not only on the con uh, drive uh, on the list for stock and spade. It, it's already in, in plans for crisp and green. So we have our first drive throughs opening here in a couple of weeks. Um, and we're excited about it, but you know, we're going to actually move one step further. Uh, you know, I've, I've already invested deep, deep in the technology and, and we're going to do an industry first with this brand where we're actually going to do kind of a geolocating where you can be any in any car anywhere near our store. And we will not only know what car you're in, we're, you'll hit a button and we'll literally just bring it right to you. So in, in towns where we don't have the opportunity to have a drive through, um, you know, you could you could be at the parking lot across the street, hit the button on your app and we'll go right to your car. So. Wow. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, we're, we're going to make this seamless for you and, and, and make it just that much easier for you to make a healthy food choice. That's awesome. I was in, um, took a walk around the city, uh, Manhattan. Yeah. Two days ago. And they were opening up the first, uh, was Taco Bell Cantina in times square. Yes. And there was that whole, like you order there, you pick up at the counter, uh, everything, there's no interaction. It's just kind of, you order here, pick it up at the counter and go. If you order online, they have the heated cabinets over here. Do you see going in that direction? I know it's kind of different with you, with the types of offerings that you have, but do you see yourself going in that direction? Sort of like less staff, more kind of like serve, serve yourself, kind of like what my buddy called it, the urban drive-through. Yeah. I mean, look, here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm a, I'm a tried and true community guy. I mean, I, you know, fitness, you know, fitness certainly um, has evolved, but at the end of the day, your local gym was always built on a community. And, yeah. and, I, and I believe it is very easy for a brand like ours to pivot and do a model where there's ghost kitchens and we can pop open in 20 cities. I mean, it's, you know, we now have the technology, the people and, and, and the resources to make that happen. But I believe in one fun, fundamental thing. People, you know, really can feel just like what you said in Miami, people can feel a vibe and it is very difficult to build a community yeah. When there's no people, I mean, right. how do you how do you do that? I mean, you could spend millions of dollars to say, "Hey, we're cool, come check us out," and then you go pick up out of a locker. I, I just, yeah, it, it is it is very um, difficult to see. Now, Taco Bell may be different because they've got that 
that that you know what people already expect out of the brand. I mean, they already know what it is. <laughs> They're not looking for. They know what the vibe is there. Just yeah, there. right, right. Yeah, and right. it's late night. It's two a.m. I mean, yeah. They're making that I choice for other reasons. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, you know, it, it's not going to not work, but it, it would be almost impossible for a, a, a brand, unless you're a YouTuber who's building one of these kind of yeah. you know, multi-city models. It is going to be very difficult to do through the ghost kitchen. And, and, I, and I think that this idea of the ghost kitchens and they're going to take over the world, I think is complete nonsense. Yeah, so do I. I think, you know, I think it's, it sounds good. Uh, I don't think it's as easy as people think. I think a lot of it comes down to marketing. Like, I don't want... I don't want the fifth pizza down on Uber Eats. You know, if you're not, you're going to be competing with Domino's, Papa John's, and your local guys who are crushing. No one's scrolling down to five, six, seven, eight. What else do you guys have? You got to really build the market value of your product. Do you agree with that? Look, I mean, I think it's going to work well for some brands, and I think some are going to try it, and it's going to flame. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan generally of the model, but I think, I think it will work very well for some long established players who need a presence in a market. I think it can be successful. But people love to see other people. I mean, you know, one of the main reasons why we're successful at Christmas Green is, yes, the food is great, but the locations are great. And they get to see other community members in there. I mean, I was just in one of my stores 20 minutes before this podcast. And, you know, I mean, I, I run into neighbors and I run into people. And, and, and it's a community aspect that it's hard to get if it's all, all digital and if it's yeah. only a ghost, you know. So it's um, I think people ultimately probably want both. And if you could do both well, I think you can win. Yeah, I think it's kind of go. It's the exact opposite of what we were talking about before in terms of providing an experience, right? Like, they're not looking to provide an experience. They're looking to sling food. I I just imagine it's slinging food to busy families, like singles who don't cook or do whatever, and like stoners and gamers. Like that's yeah. what I think the market is for that, and, and it it could work. You're right to your point. It could work. It absolutely can. And, and again, some brands are going to really deeply benefit, and some you know are going to try and and flame. But but that's you know it's it's the way it is. that we all make every day to be successful. Yeah, for sure. So um, you mentioned site selection being important, the real estate being important. You know, being Minnesota-based, you obviously understand the market. You understand what's going on. How do you go about analyzing outside your target, outside your home market? Like, what, what, what kind of, what kind of information do you need to to really assess that? Well, we're lucky. I have the I have the insight of having had a thousand locations of my other brand in the United States and yeah. forty seven states. So you know, I, there's not a market in this country that I haven't spent time in that I don't know. Right. But the reality of it is, is we continue to grow. Clearly, I can't be in every market at, at any time. Um, but we we actually, you know, we we continue to put 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 boots on on the street. I mean, we we were we're there. Um, there are certainly uh, programs you can purchase that are astronomically expensive that model the U.S. market yeah. for you and tell you where you should go. But the reality of it is, I, I think. You know, most restaurateurs that have multi-city operations will tell you that there's a feel that they get and they know where they need to be. And, and so, you know, in our case where we have a franchise partner in those locations, you know, we, we, we certainly, um, you know, continue to, to, to make sure they're in the right spots, that it, it doesn't just feel like a random strip mall in the middle, you know, between a T-Mobile store and, you know, <laughs> right. a, a, kind of a nail salon, you know, it's like yeah, that, right. th- that would be, that would be a problem for us. And so... <laughs> Um, you know, for, for us, um, you know, it, 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 it it's an art, it's an art yeah. and, uh, and that's the best way I can explain it. How are you finding the market? I mean, how are you personally finding these markets and these conversations with landlords now? Is it, you know, have you, are the rents lower Are the, you know, are the terms better? Well, what, what's been your experience? You know, it depends upon where you're at in the United States. And here's the funny reality is that there are some of the States and we, we've got, you know, a huge amount of stores going into Florida and Texas. You've got states where they were where were largely open, 
you know, COVID didn't exist. And yeah. so things just kept on as normal. You're going to have very tight real estate markets there. We have stores going into Tampa and Orlando where, you know, it's one of the most challenging real estate, markets, real estate yeah. markets in the country. Um, and then you've got some markets like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where, you know, we open a store, I think next month. And I mean, these markets are wide, are wide open for good real estate. So, you know, they can't hold a lot of competitors because the, the maybe the market isn't quite as big, but, you know, depending upon where you're at, it, it completely shifts. And so this idea that landlords are more favorable today, mm. I mean, we're, we, we are paying record rents in some yeah. of our top tier markets and in other markets we're paying 50%. So it depends uh, upon where you're at. Yeah, I would imagine. And in, in that regard, do you, like in terms of competitors for Crispin Green or as you look to kind of grow the stock and spade concept, are you looking to go where they're not? Like in some of these other markets, like, you know, there's enough, I know you said Florida and, and I go anywhere. anywhere. I'm not worried. I'm not worried where anybody sits. I mean, the reality yeah. of it is, I, you know, look, we're, we're competitors. Yeah. Um, I'll go right at it. And, and yeah, yeah no. It. And the reality of it is look in fitness. I learned one thing. There's a gym on every corner and I still won. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to do the same thing with, 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 you know, with our brand Crispin green and sock and spades a little bit different because it's a completely different product. Yeah. Um, and even if you're next to another burger place, I mean, people, you know, for the pejorative nature of plant-based, potentially they may pick one versus the other. Um, but we're not worried about where we go. Ultimately, we have local owners in that marketplace that are passionate as heck about the brand, and they're going to make that store successful. And, uh, you know, we, we certainly believe very well that, um, you know, I'm experienced at national rollouts, and we have the team necessary to make these stores success. You know, we're not afraid to go anywhere. That's awesome. I love that. So now I want to just pivot for a second before we wrap up here. I want to talk about fitness for a second. Because that's been yeah. another industry. I mean, I've experienced it here with my wife. You know, she's a soul cycle instructor. They shut down. That's yeah. Yeah. She had to, you know, got the bike at home, the whole deal. She's doing home classes. All, do you think this at home fitness thing is going to play out or is it going to be like people just want to get back to the gym? Like the real fitness people, they got to get back to the gym, right? You know, I, I look, I mean, I've, I've been in this industry in, in, in professional capacities for 16 years on a personal level for probably 25 years. I mean, I, um, you know, and, and, and I think that to some degree, the people with the resources will will probably opt for less time at the gym and will build their own private gyms. Yep. And, and I think it's happened. I mean, look, I, I was a, you know, I, I had my own studios. Um, I, you know, I ran the largest studio brand in the world. And um, and then I, I built a Peloton studio. I had the bike, you know, the tread. And, and for me, that was important. It was important for me to have that ecosystem in my house where I felt like I had that. And then, and then ultimately, you know, I just invested in some weights and, and, I, and I've got that in, in my house too. So, you know, for me, it's less time, but ultimately the gym business or the health and fitness business has forever changed. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we were oversubscribed. I mean, there was great brands like SoulCycle, great, great brands. And, yeah. then, and then you've got the number two brand, number three, number four, number five, there didn't need to be number four, number five, yeah. and number six. You know, there there could be a maybe a one, two, maybe a three, yeah. but there's too many. I mean, if you want to stretch, there's a concept for that. If you want to do I yoga know. in the hot, there's a for that. If you want to do yoga in the cold, there's for there's that. that yeah, too, Shit, there's too yeah. many. Yeah. I mean, there's too many. And 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 this will thin that herd and it's going to forever change the landscape. And you know, your your big box players, some of them, the low cost membership, big box are gonna do very, very well. Your low cost small format are gonna get crushed. And you know, these, these footprints and these franchises are not healthy. They're not successful. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that's a shame because we, we, we're going to lose a lot of that and uh, people will start to migrate into, into their homes and, and into, you know, the few concepts that will probably be okay. But on the vast majority of it, it's, it's not going to be good for the fitness business. Yeah. I think it's, you know, 
they're the people who love to go to the gym for the community. They love to work out. They love to be there. That's their whole life. But there are a lot of people who went on off hours because they didn't like to be seen. They didn't like to yeah. do that. If they can just put some mats down in their basement, throw the mirror up on the thing or get a Peloton or a soul cycle bike and a rack of weights, they might just be just as happy now. And, and, and I think that you're right. I think it's forever changed. I, you know, I, I, I certainly do. And, and we always, you know, we're sort of past the pandemic issue. And, and, you know, I say 25% of the United States at this juncture has been somewhat vaccinated, but we're forgetting one big major thing. What happens if it happens again? You know, yeah. I mean, w- w- you know, the fact that it happened once does not mean that it can't happen again. And I right. think this idea that we're out of the weeds and things are going to be just fine, I, I think is short-sighted. And I think we yeah. have to look at how do these concepts, including our industry, including the fitness business, including anything that's consumer related, how does this translate if this becomes an ongoing issue? Yeah. Um, that is truly something that no one's really spending time talking about. And yeah. you know, Crispin Green and Sock and Spade, I'm, I'm heavily invested in the restaurant business. I mean, that's, I think about that every day, you know, what, what happens next? And, yeah. um, you know, it's important that I think we all think about that, but the traditional gym setting, this thing happens again, you know, it's over. Yeah. I think one of the things I like that I've liked seeing and hearing about is these big box gyms and like these vacant malls and things that are, are coming about are these, sort of like live work play where you kind of have like, maybe you'll have a stock and like a small stock and spade. You'll have a gym, you'll have a bar, you can co-work all day. You can meet your, you know, your, your client over here and kind of do that. Do you think that's going to be more of a thing like a collaborative? Let me just go to one spot, get it done kind of thing, as opposed to like office, gym, restaurant, home. Do you think that's going to be a thing or just like a fad? I mean, look, I think there's a lot of smart people betting a lot of money on it. Um, you know, but there's a lot of smart money on WeWork too, and and yeah. you know things can change. And so, yeah. I mean, the the reality of it is, is that you know, as brilliant as that idea was, you know, the Earth had different plans, and um, and things change. And so, you know, I I don't know what's to come, and and I don't have a crystal ball that's any better than anybody else. But I believe that anyone who's helping push the message of healthy eating, um, you know, through these type of ecosystems, whether they're independent or together, is just a good thing. And you know, we as a com- as a culture need to be far more focused on our own health because you know if we've learned one thing, everything can change. Uh, yeah. And so if we're healthy, we're 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 you know we're 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 the best versions of ourselves, and that's what we need to be you know focused on. Yeah, that's smart. Well, look, um, I know you got probably a lot on your plate today. Why don't you tell everybody where they can? I, I assume you're still looking for franchisees, correct? O- always looking for good franchisees, okay. and um, you know for for Crispin Green. You know, we, we, we have a, a number of really amazing, uh, great territories left. In Stock and Spade, you know, we're, we're far more open, um, but we're looking for some innovators with Stock and Spade. I mean, that's, that's you know, it's critical for us that we find those people that are willing to go out on, on the edge that we think is the edge, uh, which I think will be, uh, you know, in a year from now, look like the smartest thing people ever did. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that, but they can always reach out to, you know, out to us at, at either brand, uh, mm-hmm. or Stock and and check us out and, you know, we'll, we'll call you back. I mean, we're, we're not afraid to pick up the phone and give you a call. That's awesome. So head to your website, you have information on franchisee franchise information there. Then kind of just fill it out. Um, what else do people need to know about your concepts before we sign off here? You know, that we're doing it for the right reasons. And, um, you know, it sounds cliche, but you know, for, for me, this is, this is my second act. I mean, I, I, I am fortunate enough to have, have done it all in, in fitness and, and feel very fortunate that I got to the end and, and uh, and feel even more fortunate that there's a you know a whole nother beginning and and I'm again, learning yeah. every day and um, you know we're here to make sure that that people have a better day and yeah. they have a better day for those that want to live healthy so 
come try us and check us out. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I know we just met, but I can just tell that, that your success in fitness and your success in restaurants, I think it's that same mindset. Um, so it's really inspirational to see what you're doing. And then um, I'm looking forward to see these concepts grow. It's uh, Thank you, brother. I appreciate the opportunity to meet you. Absolutely. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll see a stalking spade out here or, or Christmas green out here in New York sometime soon. You will. <laughs> I can't right, that. Cheers. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 64. As you can tell, my man Steele is super ambitious, and I think he's on to a hot one with Stalk and Spade. Uh, they're opening up some additional locations in Minnesota this summer, and they plan to franchise nationwide by the spring of 2021. So keep an eye out for them. And, of course, Crispin Green. And if I know anything about Steele, is there's going to be something else coming in the pipeline very shortly. So uh, give him a follow on Instagram. Give him a follow on LinkedIn. Make sure you're checking out the brands and – um, while you're on the internet surfing around, why don't you head over to where you listen to the podcast and give us a rating, leave us a rating, leave a comment, ask a question, um, love some feedback, love to always be making the, the show better, getting more exciting guests, more interesting topics. Um, it's just fun. And look, we've been through some shit this past year, and I was just reading that things did not end up as bad as we thought, which is a blessing. And there's a lot to be optimistic about right now, guys. So uh, also, while you're feeling optimistic, you're feeling like you're going to have the best day ever, best week ever, give us a follow on Instagram. It's restaurant underscore owners underscore podcast. We got some content there. We're going to have some additional content coming uh, up, including clips from the shows and uh, a lot of other fun stuff, giveaways, prizes, um, all sorts of cool 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 things coming there so uh keep an eye out for that and last but not least youtube we are putting all these shows up on youtube so you can catch steel's appearance on the show um on youtube today um and all the other shows are also up there so give them a peek uh feel free to leave a comment and a rating there too subscribe to the channel all that fun stuff you guys know what to do um and be safe out there, right? Be safe, be optimistic, get back to work, get going. People are excited to come back to your restaurant and that's an awesome thing. So um, thanks again for the support guys. And I'll check you next week. Take care.